You are listening to the one and only Visionaries Wrestling Network. Envisioning excellence and providing your perfect podcast experience. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight's on the Band from Ringside podcast, AEW and WWE do empty stadium shows due to the coronavirus. Uh, there's a couple big debuts last night, nonetheless, in AEW Dynamite. WWE signs Rob Gronkowski, that, and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Gronkowski, <laughs> that's great. Uh, this is at 9 to 5. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I am your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Searching for Jobby Fisher. And across town from me, quarantined right. in St. Louis, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Allow us to pull down the latest edition from the Band for Ringside podcast, volume 147, chapter 3, verse 14, and the good smart say it, hashtag woo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. I did not do the sign of the cross for the record. Shouts to our girl, Becky Balboa. I love you, babe. I hope you're feeling better. Uh, no, she's not sick. She's got, she's, uh, having her little woman issues. Her back is killing her. So I'm trying to coax her through her day. Um, Weird time in this uh, in this podcast uh, experience. We've seen a little bit of everything, and we are venturing into a whole new world where, fortunately, technology is allowing us to make this happen. So I'm interested to see how this is going to work out. Yeah, uh, we've never done it this way. Zach is currently still working. Uh, he is making hand sanitizer at his uh, place of employment, uh, which is a brewery. They're not sponsored, so I'm not going to name them. No, actually, uh, <laughs> if you uh, if you go to Four Hands and actually get their hand sanitizer, the proceeds go to people whose lives depend on working in the service industry, just like uh, all three of us here on the podcast. So um, I uh, am lucky enough to have a nine to fiver, but the other guys, they are full timers and uh, we got to think about them, especially in this hard time. It's hard times for everybody, JCB. Hey man, for that, I was going to say, even though you did say it, you did say it right. I'm one of the, the four, the poor unfortunate that, are unemployed at this point, but I'm turning this into a positive thing. I'm going to catch up on my wrestling. I'm going to do things around the house that I've been neglecting because I have been working full time. So I'm just going to take this little time off, you know, do things I'm, I've been procrastinating on doing because God knows me. If you allow me to procrastinate, guess what? I will procrastinate on it. So there will be plenty of things for me to do once this thing blows over. We'll, everybody will get back on track and hopefully get life back on to some sort of normalcy. Uh, I always thought that there was one thing that you never got backed up on, though, and that was wrestling. Is there anything that you actually have to catch up on? Um, I'm catching up on Progress Wrestling, and that will be pretty much about it. I'm about six shows out from that, and then from that point, I'm trying to debate on whether I'm going to give Ring of Honor another chance. I got, like I said, I got a few weeks to play with, so I'm not sure if I want to do that or not. Um, AW always interests me. I've watched a couple of their shows. So, like I said, another good time to catch up on that if I really wanted to dive into that. Plus, I've been watching a bunch of movies, series. I finished Jack Ryan, Out of Control, absolutely amazing series. I can't wait for the third season for that to come out. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm keeping busy. See, now, that's, now let Jason be a lesson to us all. 
you know, you can make your time worthwhile while you're quarantined. Hopefully everybody's out there keeping safe. Hopefully everybody's out there keeping away from each other because if you read anything about it, and, I, you know, I'm no expert, I just kind of listen to the experts. Stay the fuck home, everybody. <laughs> stay the fuck home. Just give it a couple weeks, guys. Just stay the fuck home. Just give it a couple weeks. And trust me, I like to stay home and I, I like to be active as anybody else. But for a couple weeks, it ain't going to kill nobody. I mean, what the hell? No, it's not going to kill anybody. But you know what? Your BFR buds are here to provide you with a podcast. It might be a shorter one than usual. Hopefully, uh, Murray, the Murray Man Murray, and Lucha Chris are doing okay out there in Kansas City. Um, but I guess without further ado, let's get to that three count. One. JCB, kick it off. Interesting week of wrestling where the shows go on, but then the shows go on without crowds. Uh, SmackDown Raw kicked off the week of non-crowd interaction shows. Um, I had the fortune, I was fortunate enough to watch SmackDown with the first show. That was just surreal in the sense that WWE played it where it was still a show where it had some sort of quote-unquote fan interaction, even though there was no fans in the seats. See Steve Austin on the closing segment of Monday Night Raw. Um, AEW, I thought, had a better chance to look at what WWE and then kind of improve quote unquote on that um, with people like MJF, Sean Spears, um, Sonny Kiss, uh, SCU kind of in the, that front row or wherever it gave it a little bit of a different feel where it just didn't feel completely empty. You had, you know, various things going on MJF and Sean Spears betting and drinking or whatever. Uh, Cole Cabana ends up getting into a little feud with, um, oh my God, I can't think of his name right now. I can see his face. Skip uh, Sabian. Keep, keep saving, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they, they just did it a little different. WWE was probably unfortunate enough because they were the first that had to go out. And because they wanted to keep the story going, they were the guinea pig. AEW obviously saw what they did and just improved on it. Now, which which one you like more? I don't necessarily care. I was good. I was glad just to see wrestling in general. Um, just on the WWE side, I thought Edge had an amazing uh, promo. That's one of those times where yes. I wish there was a crowd out there that that could have uh, did a little something to improve that. Um, Taker, I'm not sure if Taker would have been the quote-unquote American badass. It feels like if this was a normal scenario, Taker would have been the Taker we know and love right now or loads depending on who you are. Um, like I said, for me, WWE just had to play the leadoff guy, and there were things that I thought they did well. There were things that I thought they didn't do well. AEW just saw what they did and just piggybacked it and did their own spin on it. Man, you stole my thunder. I was going to say, I, I was watching, because there was no sports, I was bartending Friday night, and uh, I just turned it on SmackDown. And like I do every time I turn on wrestling at the bar, everybody kind of makes fun of it for a minute. And then it's all everybody <laughs> talks about for the next fucking hour and a half. Marks. Yeah, I know. Everybody's a mark. But, um, yeah, you know, like I said, I couldn't have said it any better because they did learn something from that SmackDown. Because 
it started off with Sasha and Bailey coming out and kind of doing their thing, and they were acting like there was a crowd there. People were acting like there was a crowd there, which, you know, they've never dealt with this before. So everybody's just kind of – it's a trial by fire. Nobody knows what to do. So sure. I thought that um, apparently Vince hated it too. Uh, apparently Vince did not like Thursday night, or Friday night show at all, which is why a big chunk of Monday Night Raw was taken up with the entire Men's Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some highlights. Like I thought the Cena Wyatt thing. You know, I was wondering if they were going to have Bray Wyatt come out in you know the Fiend costume because then I was like, oh, all these guys at the bar are really going to start making fun of this shit now. <laughs> But they, they had him come out. Uh, they had him come out as Bray Wyatt, not as the Fiend. And I actually thought that segment was pretty good. I thought that both uh, both wrestlers. I thought their promos made a lot of sense in terms of why they were doing what they were doing. Um, I gotta say, I also thought the Edge promo, like you mentioned, was kind of a fire promo. I mean, in front of people, I think that would have brought the house down. It was it it was great. It was uh, he definitely uh, came back ready to roll, and he's definitely one of those guys that is from the old school where he probably wrote his own promo, probably just had some you know bullet points for when he went out there, and I thought he knocked it out of the park. The Austin segment was I mean it was pretty funny it was pretty funny what they did I mean that's I mean what else were they gonna do you know they were trying to pop a rating they were trying to get Steve they were trying to pop a rating Steve Austin usually pops a rating they got to see him stun Byron Saxon a couple times and then him and Becky Lynch chug some beers it's like what else do you want from him Dad, I mean, you you totally, totally stole my thunder on the Austin thing I mean they basically hyped up 316 to the point where they they had gone all in, so you had to bring him out and have him close the show. Uh, just going back to Bray and Cena, I I get it. I I get both sides rationale, but now I'm looking at Bray Wyatt as just Bray Wyatt. Now him losing kind of takes that luster away. It it makes his words seem like it was say two years ago before the fiend was a thing now he just talks and it sounds good i mean it sounds really good i just don't i don't believe that the way it was say if he'd have beat goldberg and then you'd have put you know the fiend versus john cena together kept the same storyline where yeah this is where everything went south i'm you know i went in this spiral and but now i'm come on the other side I'm, you know, the universal champion. I'm the fiend now, blah, blah, blah. To me, that makes more sense versus just making this match for the sake of making this match because you have other matches that you want to have on this card, a la Goldberg, uh, Roman Reigns. That I get, okay, that's a Vince call or it's for the fans, whatever you want to call it. I think you could have did that match, Goldberg and Reigns, without the title. You could have did this match without the title. It just feels like right now we're back to square one with Bray Wyatt, where it just feels hollow words. And John Cena is playing the role of John Cena, but instead of talking about Roman Reigns, he's talking about Bray Wyatt. Yeah, and he was out there kind of work shooting it, talking about burying people and, you know, shit like that. You know, 
I don't know what more I expect from him at this point. The thing about the luster being taken away from Bray Wyatt, which I agree with, is that Bray Wyatt was always good. We always wanted them to do more with Bray Wyatt, and then they started doing more with Bray Wyatt, and it was like, well, this is interesting, even though parts of it I didn't like. I didn't like him wrestling. I still don't like him wrestling in the mask, but at least it was different, and at least they were letting him you know, spread his wings a little bit and try something that we haven't seen before really in the WWE at the very least. And then they just took it all the way for what looks to be a WrestleMania that may not even happen. And if it happens, it's, and if it happens, it's not going to be the WrestleMania that we thought we were going to get. So they might've ruined it for like, we thought they ruined it for nothing. It might be less than nothing if they end up having this WrestleMania in front of no audience, which I just can't even imagine. I just can't even imagine them doing it. It's not even that. Now, I mean, you're just just opening up the first can of worms. You're talking about uh, the biggest show of WWE's fiscal year that's going to be in front of no one that's broken up and now into two days, Saturday and Sunday now. Look at all this lost revenue they're getting ready to have. And it might not, and you, to make it even worse, they might not be able to do the show, period. I know. I, I would you think, I, I would think that they'd be better off not doing the show, period. I think that they need to come up, and they probably are. They're probably, I mean, I'm sure Vince is just fucking pissed, but like probably so mad at the coronavirus because. They have to be coming up with some kind of contingency plan for this. If they have to push WrestleMania back till God knows when, because we really don't know when this thing is going to, you know, wor- work its way out. That you know, we're not, I, we don't know when we're going to have a vaccine. I've read ten different dates. I put on, no I put on NXT UK right now, just while I'm doing the podcast, and they're playing in front of a full crowd. Right. I mean, they're UK. The, uh, England hasn't stopped yet. I'll just say this, and we can move on. This is where I said last week I had a problem with even having this discussion about WrestleMania being a thing. Vince was going to hold out into the bitter end, and he's still kind of holding out to the bitter end because now we've broken up into two shows, so we can you know, avoid the latest federal mandate by President Trump where, you know, you can't have t- 10 or more people or 10 or less people, whatever the case may be. I didn't even hear I mean, that. They, did that happen today? It's happened within the last 24 hours. That they're going to have, that WrestleMania is going to be t- two different nights? Yeah, it was, it was yesterday. It came out yesterday. I was at home. Uh, it was sometime in the afternoon. They're going to do two different dates, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, six o'clock our time, Central Standard Time, on both dates where Gronkowski is going to be the host for both uh, shows. Oh, uh, I didn't, I, I didn't even see that. Where I, I, for those of you that don't know, my day job is in finance, and there's been some stuff going on with the stock market. If you haven't noticed, so I've been a little busy. But no, I didn't even see that. I didn't see that Gronkowski is going to be the host. Yeah, I've, I've double checked it just to make sure that I wasn't being. Uh, punked or whatever, but I went to the WWE Twitter site, saw the blue check mark. So as far as I'm concerned, at that point I felt like it was safe to talk about. Yeah. They're that, breaking I mean, it up into two shows. Yeah, that 
That sounds right. Um, getting back to what you said about Dynamite, I, Dynamite clearly saw what WWE did right and wrong in terms of playing in front of no crowd, and I thought Dynamite was actually quite a bit of fun. I thought they did. They just made it feel as much of a normal show as possible, but they just used their roster to do that and they advance the storylines to it the big question was are they going to bring out the exalted one they did it it was 50 50 on who it was it looked like matt hardy come from a distance it ends up being Brody lee fantastic so now i'm thinking okay we got that check mark off is matt hardy going to even be on this show they waited until the very end once again, it makes sense. Matt Hardy is on this Blood and Guts team. Not sure when this match is going to happen, but it even still without a live crowd, they still advance the storyline. WWE did the same thing with Edge and Orton. I'm not going to sit up here and say that they didn't. AEW just did it a little differently. Both were good. AEW just tweaked it. Yeah, and, I have no problem and, with and AEW is not at the point in their calendar where they're trying to build up for the biggest show of the year. They're they're at a point. I'm a little surprised that they decided to go ahead with both those reveals. In fact, let's just get onto that two count. One, two, three. I'm a little surprised that they went forward with both of those reveals on the same show A and B on a show. <laughs> With no crowd, but um, both of them worked for me. For those of you that might have missed it, uh, Brody Lee, who was known in the WWE as Luke Harper not very long ago, Brody Lee came out um, not looking like uh, he was at the Riverport Amphitheater seeing 38 <laughs> Special like they always used to dress him up in WWE, but dressed up like a wrestler, looking pretty badass, uh, cut. It's not like he explained what really was going on with the Dark Order any better than the Dark Order has thus far. It was still that circular language that sounds like the architect at the end of Matrix 2 where it sounds like you're saying shit, but you're not actually saying anything. But still, it's cool seeing Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper, in AEW. And then later on in the show, uh, when Jericho, after a very long main event between the Inner Circle and the Elite uh, after Jericho's cutting some promos or uh, cutting a promo on the elite about how they're outnumbered at the blood and guts match. Is that next week? The blood and guts match, Jason? Uh, technically, if it, if it plays out, which I doubt it, it would be next week, but they kept saying when dynamite returns, when dynamite returns. So yeah. I would probably say it's not going to happen next week. Everything's up in the air. Um, so when Jericho's cutting the promo, uh, a drone appears above the ring, lands right in the middle of the ring while the elite's standing there. And for those of you that don't know, Matt Hardy back in uh, Impact Wrestling or TNA Wrestling had a drone with him all the time, and the drone's name is Vanguard. So I guess that was Vanguard. Or is it Vanguard 1? Vanguard 1. Vanguard 1 lands in the middle, and then Hardy is standing uh, in the balcony. Delete, 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 delete. And Jericho looked scared at first and then looked kind of bemused, which, I mean, I don't know how you can't. I don't know how you can look at Matt Hardy and not just be kind of 
uh, kind of amused at uh, how, yeah, how goofy that whole uh, that whole broken Matt Hardy character is. Which debut did you like better? Uh, neither one of them was much of a surprise, but which one did you like better or equally? Uh, oh, interesting question. Um, just because I've been pro Dark Order. I, I lean towards Brody Lee. It felt almost like Matt Hardy's was a little anticlimactic, if that makes sense. Um, I think once you found out who the exalted one was, it took Matt Hardy's name out of that pot. Then from that point, it just felt like, you know, okay, well, here's Matt Hardy at the end. And I'm not saying that it's, that was a bad thing. They did what they probably had to do. It makes storyline sense. Okay, so be it especially when, you know, with the YouTube video, with the, the Bucks picking up Matt Hardy, okay, makes sense. That said, um, I thought Brody Lee was good, not great on the mic. Uh, I was expecting maybe a little more damage being done to SCU, but you can't give it all away at once. I didn't have a problem with them doing both reveals because ultimately, like they said, we said, and Everybody knows this is a uncertain time just in the wrestling world. A lot of things are going to have to come to a screeching halt to where we can all reset and that, that way we can have shows again. That said, I think you wanted to go ahead, get it out of the way. So that way, if this was the last show for a while, we not, we're not going away for two, four, six weeks talking about who's the exalted one, OEW sucks, blah, blah, blah. You got it out the way. Would have been great with a live crowd. Of course, it would have been. AEW would have popped. It would have been a, a bigger, you know, explosion than it was on Twitter. But they did they did the right thing storyline-wise. They got it out of the way. So that way now we all know who's who and what's what. So when we come back, we come back. And AEW has the advantage in this scenario. They don't, they're not underneath the gun of the biggest show of the year. Like you said, WWE has got to make moves, moves on the fly to come up with the show with the card for the, their biggest show of the year. AEW's got nothing to lose at this point, and they didn't have nothing to lose, lose to begin with. They're coming in playing with house money. All they have to do is just sit back and let things play themselves out for a little bit. WWE's under way more pressure at this point. Yeah, I mean, totally right. Uh, I would say that I liked the Brody Lee introduction better just because, you know, if we take today and we set it back 20 years or so, back to WCW, there is something about Matt Hardy showing up and getting mad at Chris Jericho that does kind of smack of Brutus the Barber Beefcake in WCW or... <laughs> Not, not, I mean, obviously the wrestling landscape is very different now than it was then. But Brody Lee is one of those guys that has been underutilized under WWE contract for so long that giving him, uh, you know, a spot in a good angle with a team that's kind of over, it's really going to push them over. I mean, they'll be over with him, him being the exalted one. And for that reason... I was a little more excited at that. But both of them are cool. I don't know how they're going to squeeze all those guys into one show uh, on a show that seemed like they were having a hard time getting time for all the talent they have anyway. 
no, I agree with that. And I think once again, this plays, this helps AEW in the sense that, okay, now we've got all these guys on the roster. We've made this, you know, temporary stop for a little bit. Now you can kind of get a plan, you know, for the next two or three shows. And when I'm saying shows, I'm talking, you know, like double or nothing, you know, pay-per-views coming up. You can kind of, you know, plot on how you want to present these next uh, few angles coming up. And AEW, this is what I think they do best is that their their long-term booking is their strength. This is one of their things that they do well. So having this, you know, time off is going to benefit them once again. Brody Lee being the, the leader of his own faction, you know, it's kind of ironic in that sense. I mean, he played second fiddle, maybe third fiddle into a, in a couple of instances when it came to the Wyatt family. He had maybe a chance to, you know, break out. They stop-started that push. Bludgeon Brothers never really worked out the way they had hoped, and that was that. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do with an opportunity as the quote-unquote leader of the faction. Will the fans stay with the Dark Order as he's the leader of this faction moving forward? Initially, yeah, because everybody's excited. You know, Brody Lee's in AEW. But three, six months from now, is are we going to still have that same excitement? Are they going to make Brody Lee into the star that people want him to be? Time will tell. But, I mean, initially, yeah, it's a good start for Brody Lee. Matt Hardy doesn't need to get over. Brody Lee needs to get over. That's why I think they made him the exalted one versus Matt Hardy. If I had to – if I made you bet on who – and I know you're not much of a betting man. <laughs> no, I'll leave that to you. But if I had to make you bet on who is most likely out of those two to one day hold the AEW heavyweight championship belt, gun to your head, who would you pick? Uh, Brody Lee. I mean, it's, I don't think, it just goes back to what I said. Matt Hardy doesn't need to get over. Brody Lee does need to get over. We made such a, a fairly big deal about the exalted one. I think it would kind of be a little bit of a a waste and me being hypocritical about, you know, WWE. One of my biggest knocks against WWE is they sign the talent and waste the talent. So now here comes Brody Lee with all this hype, pomp, and circumstance. You have made him the exalted one. So now what? If you don't push him and at least have him threaten for the title, I think it's a waste. So, yeah, I would go Brody Lee over uh, Matt Hardy any day. I think I would too, uh, just because – if they were going to put it on Matt Hardy, it would have to be sometime soon. And right right now, I think they're going to keep it on Ambrose for a while. And uh, then I think... That's John Moxley to you. John, sorry, John Moxley. And uh, I also think that uh, Kenny Omega is probably next in line after that. Maybe. I don't know. You know, who knows? Lots of stuff can no. happen. Yeah. Um, if, this, if this quarantine stuff lasts too much longer... The wrestling might look way different in two months. You know, <laughs> they're gonna start. They're gonna start figuring stuff out. Um, oh, Jesus, it's so fucking crazy. Um, what? Oh, and I know this wasn't tech, technically Lance Archer's debut in AEW, but Lance right. Lance Archer had a little vignette where he beat up a bunch of my cousins. <laughs> 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 you ain't shit. They even had a couple oh, juggalos no. in there. Um, um it, it 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 was fine, I guess. I mean, 
it, to me, it was more about Jake talking about Lance Archer versus seeing what Lance Archer is doing. Clearly, he's beating up a bunch of jabronis and good old hey, guys. And all those that are my cousins. Shit. Well, I'm sorry. Your cousins <laughs> were getting that work. But I think it was, like I said, to me, it was more about Jake and just painting the picture of the impending chaos that's soon to come versus, you know, what Lance Archer was doing. But for me, it, it wasn't the best thing yet. I mean, it worked, you know, it got me, you know, yeah, more was, excited. It was fine. But yeah. And ultimately it wasn't like it, it was anything earth shattering or, you know, break the internet type shit. Like the week before was when Jake Snake came out as the reveal that obviously way more impactful than this one was this just, you know, continue the storyline. Who is Lance Archer? What does he do? Shit like that. Yeah. Uh, I do like Lance Archer a lot. He was, uh, he was one of the guys that we talked about during the beefers about having a breakout year. Uh, he had a great G one. I hope, you know, I hope the G one goes on this year. I guess we'll, we'll see. Did they call him murder Hawk? Yeah. I'm guessing because of the Mohawk. Um, I, I think that's one of his numerous nicknames, but yes, they did call him Murderhawk. I don't think I'd ever heard that before, and then I got confused, and I was like, wait a minute. Lance Archer was Vance Archer, but wasn't there a guy named Trevor Murdoch? Trevor Murdoch is... Uh, he was one of the hillbillies? Oh, I think, yeah. It was like, I think he was with Hillbilly Jim back in the, the WWE days. He's in uh, T, not TNA, uh, NWA now. Um, no, I'm th I'm thinking like 2005, 2006. What weren't there? Weren't there two guys that were like, they were hillbillies, and was I can't remember their name. Bad, this is bad. This is bad pod. Sorry, uh, but anyway, it confused me for a second because I used to get Archer and Murdoch mixed up in my head for whatever reason. Um, same guy that can't tell the the young bucks apart. No, no surprise there. Uh, wait, one of them has black hair. The other one has brown hair. Hold on a second. I remember, uh, Matt has black hair. God bless you. You finally get it. Is that right? Yes. My friend, you finally get it. Nice. Perfect. Matt was on the show last night. I was going to say, you fucked that up. We got a serious problem on our ass. No, of course I knew that, man. Yeah. I'm the biggest Young Bucks fan out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I don't know what, you know, NXT, this is, we usually save a spot for the Wednesday Night Wars. NXT last night was a total recap package. I guess Vince really doesn't like these empty stadiums. Um, let me, let me, I thought it was fine though. Honestly, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool actually. I mean, they spent a whole hour on Gargano Ciampa. And that's why I was just getting ready to say, even though it's not like this is new to me it got me back into it again where by, finally by the end where Gargano was like, you know, he said everything we said last week. Here's this guy that, you know, that was so bad. He got hurt, but then he comes back and you guys are chatting daddy's home and all this other nonsense. You know, how does that make him a good guy? And that's ultimately what we were looking for. And they played out in this package where, you know, it takes you down memory lane and, you know, build you up and down, and you just take this roller coaster of emotion for an hour. I didn't have a problem with that. I know some people are just over this, you know, storyline, and I get it. You know, it has gone for a while, but it's been a good fucking story. At least for me, I didn't have a problem with it. I know people, you know, crushing it on 
online and Twitter and all that other good shit. But I mean, yeah. ultimately, this is what if you didn't want to do um, matches with no crowds, this is what is your alternate. And you led with arguably their best story, Gargano and Chapel. Yeah, and they spent a good chunk of time with it with new footage, too. It just wasn't all recap. I mean, it had both guys sitting down, and Ciampa, when when they were reflecting on stuff that had happened between them when he was a heel, he was talking about how he felt regret in, you know, for the things that he had done and that he, that he wasn't at his best and he do, that wasn't the way that he wants to act. And, I mean, it was staying true to the characters. It was well done. Yeah. Um, um, no, go ahead. I just don't know what else. I they can't do that every week. You know, if they're not gonna, if they're not able to have crowds, if they're not gonna be able to do this every week. I mean, it. I know I've said it before, and I know everybody keeps saying it. It's pretty fucking weird right now, man. It's just unbelievable. I'll just say this: if they're going to do it every week. They're just they're breaking it up into like matches. At some point, you're you're gonna have to figure out who Keith Lee is going to defend the title against. But pretty much the card is fairly set. So like next week, you'll if you want to do it, and I'm not saying this is what's just gonna happen, but it could be dedicated to Cole and Velveteen Dream, re, you know, revisiting that little uh, history. The biggest thing that I have the problem with this is now. Um, the women's ladders match to decide the number one contenders in jeopardy. And more importantly, the show itself is in jeopardy because usually takeover is that Saturday before WrestleMania. WrestleMania has gone into two days, Saturday and Sunday. They have yet to say what they're going to do about takeover, whether it's going to be postponed, canceled, whatever the case may be. Clearly they're moving forward with the storyline but the card itself hasn't had doesn't have a set date. It had, doesn't have a home to land at. You that's know, my question with this. Yeah, that's a that's a good segue. Uh, I'm going to call an audible. Let's get into that. Uh, three counts. One, two, three. So I'm going to ask you like some hypothetical questions because I just want to hear because the future is up in the air. We're trying to. I'm sure they're panicking about what they're going to do. Um, what would you like to see filled up with their weekly airtime if it's not going to be live wrestling in front of a crowd? Like, would you like to see them have just show old pay-per-views, uh, recap shows like we had on NXT, maybe like a greatest matches retrospective. I mean, shit that they probably could have been doing on the WWE network the entire time, but wouldn't it be fun to have like a, an entire episode that was all of stone cold's greatest matches and have stone cold do like, you know, director commentary over it or something like that. Wow. Um, I just sprung this the on show you. Go, no, I mean, but, but ultimately the question is, does the show go on? Do you, continue the storylines that have already been established without knowing what the the end game is, where the payoff is, or do you give us entertaining programming and put everything else on hold? Um, if it was me, 
God, because WrestleMania is right there. That's the only thing. WrestleMania is, is on the horizon. And they just, they're going with this hell-bent plan on having WrestleMania. If it was me, I wouldn't do WrestleMania. I would just, I would be like everybody else and let, you know, the coronavirus do what it needs to do. Somebody, you know, find the cure, whatever the case may be, and then just go from that point on. Is it going to mess up the rest of the WrestleMania season where it will bleed into SummerSlam on and on and on, of course. But ultimately, I think the bigger issue is that if you want to do if you want to do WrestleMania the right way, and I'm using the right way in quotations, it's the biggest show of the year. You want to have fans involved, but you want to do it the safe way. I would just put everything on hold, give us a bunch of entertainment because essentially that's what WWE is. It's not world wrestling. It's not wrestling. It's world wrestling entertainment. It's more sports entertainment than anything else. Open that vault out, roll some shit out for the next few weeks. Keep us entertained until you can be, you're able to do live shows. Cause as it stands right now, they're in that weird gray area where you, you can't do, you can only do so much, but what do we want to do? Just stop. That way everybody can go be with fam. They can be quarantined too, because I know everybody is like, you know, AEW shouldn't have everybody on, on set, but I don't care what anybody says. You still got at least 50 people or 10 people, whatever, you know, story you want to go with that are either behind this curtain, working the oh. film, the whole shebang. So were, let's just get off that too. Were people criticizing AEW for having that many people on set? Oh yeah. Do they oh, not yeah. do they not I guess those people don't understand how a TV show is made? Boss, all I'm saying is this is how I've spent the last 24 hours arguing about <laughs> what who's more at fault? Is it the guys that are bringing out people that are sitting around or is the guys that are still doing it with what the other guys are doing but just with less people? If they're both at fault, they're both putting people at risk. One's just putting more people at risk than the other. Yeah, I mean, not. if you want to cut down to the notes and votes of it, that's the way I look at it. So when if I asked, want... <laughs> when I asked you what you were doing uh, with all your time, you should have been like catching up on wrestling, owning motherfuckers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that right, but man, I'm not that dude. I, I just, to me, it just it, it makes too much sense, and WWE really would benefit by just stopping the tape and not just doing a hard reset, but just stop. Come back to this, these storylines when it's time to come back to it. But at, as it stands right now, I don't think there's anything to be gained by kind of putting the toe half into the water. Imagine if Drew McIntyre wins the title in front of nobody. That's the way the story's supposed to end? Man, that isn't the way the story's supposed to end. Yeah. You got to have people in the stands Good, bad, or indifferent. And I'm not saying that Drew McIntyre is going to win the title, but I'm saying if you put all this investment in, you gave him the one-on-one -on -one sit down, you built up this Claymore Council where now fans are, you know, counting down with Drew McIntyre, it's not going to have the same impact if you do it in front of nobody. I don't care if you do it two days, five days, 15 days, do it the right way. Just put a stop to it. Come back when it's time to come back. Pick up the storylines from that point on. Have WrestleMania and figure it out from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. 
in general. Let me throw a couple other things at you. Uh, what if you had people in the crowd, but they had to stay at least six feet away from each other? So you only had people. <laughs> you only had people in like every fifth seat, like staggered out throughout the crowd. Nah, I don't think that would work. Nah, that would. I mean, <laughs> that would be going back to the AEW argument. You'd you'd have to have you know roster guys sitting out there. You you couldn't have you know those few select lucky fans there. You know, here's every tenth seat, guys. You know, here's who, who who's going to win that lottery. I mean, that's going to be the big time lottery. You know, every tenth seat oh. a lucky WWE fan gets to sit and watch WrestleMania. Oh I mean, man, come on. Yeah, that'd be something to tell your grandkids about. Except you won't have any because you're going to die a couple of weeks later because you got the coronavirus. Right. Um. Uh, what about this? How about we take all those knucklehead kids that were down at Florida Spring Break talking about how they're not scared of the coronavirus that were put on TV and went viral yesterday. How about we just take all them and let them just get them all drunk, give them a bunch of white claws and fireballs, and put them in the crowd? Yeah, I mean, if, if they're going to, you know, they're afraid to die, you know, load them up. You know, that's That's the beauty of youth. And God bless you. You know what I'm saying? Ain't afraid to die. God bless you. Ride or die. I ain't mad at you, dog. When I was 19, I was that same way, too. I ain't 19 no more, man. I ain't ready to die just yet. Okay, so those two suggestions were not really sincere. But this one is actually, I'm actually going to ask you this, and this might sound pretty dumb. But what if... They did WrestleMania. Now, listen, everybody's already in on the joke. You know, everybody's playing along with kayfabe. Everybody likes wrestling. Everybody's buying into what wrestling is. It's entertainment. It's showbiz. It's a TV show. So if I'm going to get together with my friends and watch WrestleMania over two nights, would you have a problem with them digitally putting a crowd on the TV screen with fake crowd noises. Man. Um, I don't know, dude. I just, I'm, 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 I'll be honest. I'm not a fan of it. It just, it wouldn't look not WWE ish. It's, I mean, I get, I, get, I bet everybody be cheering for Roman. But I mean, <laughs> you ain't shit. It's just like pump it up, make them go yeah, crazy. Yeah, right. Roman's definitely getting cheered at that point. Um, it just it would just feel amateurish. I guess that's the word I'm looking for, and that's not what I think WWE wants to do. They're trying to make the the best of a bad situation, and that just it just feels like it just it would feel beneath them. I guess for a, another lack of a better term. Yeah, I don't even know if they I don't even know if they have the ability to do that. It was just something that I was thinking of like it's so weird to watch a wrestling match without crowd noise. It's not even so much seeing the people. It's just the it's because they can shoot it in a way where you don't even see the crowd that much anyway. Like I thought AEW did a really fun job of shooting it cuz they shot it so that the hard camera was looking up the ramp. So right. you, you wouldn't even be seeing the crowd anyway, and they had the lights going back and forth. I thought that was really smart. Um, but it's the noise. It's just the crowd noise, you know? It's just 
It's so strange. It was just something I was thinking about. I don't I don't even know if they would even consider doing that. I don't think it would bother me that much. Or if they got a bunch of cardboard cutouts and, like, put them in the seats. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think that would bother me that much. I mean, we're already watching people fake fight. Just put in a fake crowd. Nah, man. That, that's I'm on defend WWE. They bigger than that, man. You better not do that. You better not put no fake cardboard people in there. If you're going to do it, Give it, give me some old footage. Give me some crazy shots from, you know, the past or whatever where fans are doing, you know, outlandish shit. If you're going to go in and you always say this, if you're going to lean into it, lean into it. Let them lean into this bad boy if you're going to go the route of piping noise in and, you know, showing people in the seats via past video. Just do it. Go all the way with it. All right. And that's going to do it for our three counts. This is banned from ringside. Now, listen, Jason, I know that F&B Eatery has to close today, uh, but why don't you tell our friends about F&B Eatery because we want to let everybody know that when this is all over, those restaurants that you love, that you used to go to, they're going to need some help. So why don't you tell them about our friends over at F&B Eatery? F&B Eatery on the corner of 3453 Southampton. That would be Southampton and Marquette. Check my boy Mike out. He is going to stay open through the Thursday deadline, um, go to Facebook. Uh, that would be your best bet to catch up on when exactly they're going to open and close. Obviously, from that point, if you could get it to go, you can get it to go. All that good stuff, curbside service. Uh, I know, if, like Bill said, everything is moving parts when it comes to food service. So if you are out and about and you get the chance, Please swing by, check my boy Mike out, 3453 Southampton, and tell him that Ban from Ringside sent you. This is Ban from Ringside. Okay, we just got a couple of odds and ends. Uh, my wife needs the computer because she's usually gone on Thursday when we're taping this, but now she's at home, so she's doing her yoga. She's doing a yoga class virtually to all of her students. So just a couple of odds and ends. We mentioned Gronkowski. Uh, I didn't know about the hosting thing. That makes a lot more sense. Do you think Gronkowski is going to become a part or full-time wrestler in the very near future? Um, him signing with the WWE, to me, ends the any speculation of him coming back to football. That said, apparently he's a big fan of wwe uh him and mojo obviously have the connection full-time wrestler no part-time wrestler host definitely he has that personality to fill in that role i don't think you can roll gronkowski out as a full-time wrestler and have me accept it um hardcore wwe fans that love the sports entertainment they would probably eat it up me personally not so much uh, it looks like they're putting Drew Gulak with Daniel Bryan, which uh, has promise. Thoughts on that? Uh, apparently, um, Daniel Bryan is going to start transitioning out from being a full-time wrestler. So if you want to give a rub to somebody, this is a good guy to do it. Drew Gulak reminds me of a lot of Daniel Bryan in certain sense. Uh, I think he has that same little quirky comedic timing that can work out to his benefit. So yeah, if you Putting them together makes sense, and especially if Daniel Bryan is going to leave because they are expecting their second baby coming up here in the near future. It's a good guy to give the rub to, and hopefully they take Drew Gulak and do good things with him going down the line. 
Uh, and lastly, this is not so much wrestling as it is just everything. Let's say best case scenario, three months from now, uh, the, we got this under control and everything starts getting back to normal. It's going to be pretty fucked up to have like the NBA finals happening while baseball starts up, while football starts <laughs> up, while there's a Kentucky Derby, maybe WrestleMania, SummerSlam. I mean, everything's probably like a thousand weddings, you know, no probably. I mean, I only, you know, what, I mean, I can't even think of everything else. Um, that's really all I got. I mean, it's just going to be fucking weird. Do you have thoughts on that? No, I mean, it, with everything else being pushed back, just like you said, sports-wise, where it feels like the latter part of the year is just going to be so compacted, you could throw wrestling into that outside of really WWE that hasn't really said that they're going to do a hard stop. Everybody else around them has. Impact has. uh NWA has so on and so forth down the line. AEW, like we said earlier, is talking about when uh, they come back. There's no set date. There's, you know, everything is seemingly coming to a screeching halt. But I'm going under the optimist version for once. When they come back, I expect it's to be jam packed where we are going to be back watching this nonstop trying to keep up, especially me personally, trying to keep up with everything that's going involved. And it's going to be entertaining to get to that point. And hopefully it's more entertaining once we get there. All right. This is banned from ringside. All right. We got some birthdays. Evan Bourne, also Matt, known as Matt Sidow, is 37. AJ Lee is 33. Sting is 61. Matt Taven is 35. Lana is 35. And then these seven wrestling personalities were all born on the same day. Not the same year, but they all share the same birthday. D'Angelo De Niro, Jack Swagger, a.k.a. Jake Hager. Undertaker is 55. Sorry, Jack Swagger is 38. De Niro is 42. Undertaker is 55. Christopher, 55. 55. Man, Christopher Daniels. a hard life. Christopher Daniels is 49. Barry Horowitz is 60. Epico Cologne is 38. And Lacey Evans is 30. Hey, everybody. Hold on. Let me make sure I press the right one. Oh, there we go. Hey, everybody. We know there's a bunch tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to ours. For Reba the Dog, for Jack. Millie and Xander the Cats, for my Jack, Jack. wife Aaron, for Lucha Chris, Jack. for Murray Man, Jack. for F and B Eatery, for Two Beer Zach Pullman, Jack. for Jason Cornelius Bell. I am Bill Vega. Everybody, Jack. stay the fuck home. Be safe. <laughs> Use hand sanitizer. Be safe, please, and don't ever forget to boo the heels. Boo the heels.